You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now that we have mentioned this, Let's address the issue of visiting graves, especially for women. There are claims in Muslim books that the Prophet ﷺ had prohibited Muslims from visiting the graves initially, especially when they were in Mecca and a few days in Medina. Later in Medina, the Prophet allowed Muslims to visit the graves. This is their claim. So initially in the religion of Islam, it was haram to visit the graves, they claim, because the Prophet prohibited Muslims from doing so. Later on, Allah allowed him to visit the graves and he said to the Muslims, now you're allowed to visit the graves. And this is the hadith that they've attributed to the Prophet. كُنْتُ نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْ زِيَارَةِ الْقُبُورِ فَزُورُوهَا فَإِنَّهَا تُذَكِّرُكُمُ الْآخِرَةِ I had prohibited you from visiting the graves, but now I allow you to visit the graves, go and visit them because they remind you of the Akhirah. And then there are claims that the Prophet cursed women who visit the graves, who go to the maqbara, to the cemetery. That is why most Sunnis do not welcome women where? In the cemetery. If you go to Jannat al-Baqi' in Medina, when they open the gates of the cemetery for visitors, it's only for men. Women are not allowed to go to Jannat al-Baqi'. Why? Because of hadiths that they have narrated, which prohibit women from visiting the graves. Here's one hadith from Abu Huraira. Abu Huraira narrates the hadiths, this hadith. أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ لَعَنَ زَوَّارَاتِ or زُوَّارَاتِ الْقُبُورِ The Prophet cursed those women who go and visit the graves. In some other versions of the hadith, it says زَائِرَاتِ الْقُبُورِ زَوَّارَاتِ or زَائِرَاتِ الْقُبُورِ Who narrates this? Tirmidhi. Ibn Majah, Sunan Ibn Majah, Ahmed Ibn Hanbal in his Musnad and other Sunni sources have narrated this. And that is why they're muftis. I remember Ibn Baz, the mufti of Saudi Arabia, he had a fatwa, women are not allowed to go to the cemetery. Why? Because we have a hadith from Abu Huraira that says the following. So it's a hadith that they actually issue fatwas based on, not some va'if hadith that nobody cares about. No, it's actually something they do pay a lot of attention. Now, what's our position in the school of Ahlul Bayt? We do not accept any of these traditions. We believe these traditions have been fabricated. The Prophet ﷺ never banned women from attending the cemeteries and visiting the grave of their loved ones in the cemeteries. What's our proof? We have several pieces of evidence. Number one, during the time of Rasulullah ﷺ, many times women would visit the graves and the Prophet would see that and he never prohibited them. An example is his own daughter Lady Fatima After the battle of Uhud, which was year two of the Hijrah, Lady Fatima would go at least once a week and she would visit the grave of her uncle Hamza and the other shuhada of Uhud. She would go from Medina, you know, to this place of Uhud, where Mount Uhud is. Today you can take a car and quickly get there, but back then 
it would take a full day. By the time you go there, you do the ziyarah, she would cry, she would pray for them, and then she would come back, it would take a full day. And Sunnis have narrated this too, by the way, not just Shias. So if Fatima is going and visiting the graves of the martyrs of Uhud, and the Prophet doesn't stop her, what does that indicate? The Prophet wants her to go. Because it's impossible for Fatima to do something that is not appropriate or that is haram and Rasulullah doesn't stop her. That's impossible. So this is one response that we give to the Sunnis. That the daughter of Rasulullah would visit the graves and he never stopped her. So that means women can visit the graves. We have many sources. I can send them to you in the group. That lady Fatima she would visit the grave of her uncle Hamza at least once a week. I will, I will send the sources to you. Number two, Um Salama, the wife of the Prophet, would visit the graves of the shuhada. Any companion who becomes a shaheed, she would visit their grave once a month. Um Salama, the wife of the Prophet, would visit the graves of the shuhada once a month. And this has been mentioned by the book Al-Maghazi, authored by Al-Waqidi. Kitab Al-Maghazi Lil-Waqidi. He mentions that Um Salama, used to visit the grave of the shuhada. And she's the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That means she had permission from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Otherwise the Prophet would stop his wife or tell her, you know, this is haram. Number three, Aisha would visit the grave of Umar ibn al-Khattab. This is a hadith that Sunnis accept. It's in their books. You know what she used to claim? Aisha used to claim, you know the Prophet ﷺ was buried in a room. Now we say that house was the house of Fatima. Later Aisha, after the Caliphate of Abu Bakr, she claimed that room to herself. She said, no, that's my house. Now your father is the king and the ruler, who's, who, who's going to stop you? So she actually maintained to seize control of the room where the Prophet ﷺ was buried in. So she would go, and she would visit the grave of the Prophet. Now Aisha in this hadith narrates, when the Prophet was buried there, I would go into that room without my hijab. When my father Abu Bakr was buried there, I would go into that room without hijab. But when Umar got buried there, I would only go to that grave with my full hijab. Why? Haya'an min Umar. Because you know, I'm shy in the presence of the dead body of Umar. Tastihi min Umar, and he's dead. Mastahat, <laughs> she had no shame when she sat on the camel and fought Imam Ali. Face to face, she's trying to kill Imam Ali. No shame or haya. But Umar's dead or oh, haram, she has to put on the hijab, she's, she feels ashamed. Okay, so she's going to the graves. If it's haram to go next to a grave for a woman to go to the graves, why did she do that? This is the third piece of evidence. The fourth one, this is mentioned by Fath al-Bari. It is the most important Sharh of Bukhari. The most important commentary on Bukhari. Fath al-Bari is written by a Sunni scholar and it is the most important commentary on Bukhari. What does he say? He says Aisha used to visit the grave of her brother Abdul Rahman. She would visit his grave. So we say to those Muslims who claim that women are cursed by going 
to the graves or the cemetery. Is Aisha also cursed? Answer. Can you accept both? If you say those hadiths are sahih, women are cursed, that means Aisha is cursed. Because she's a woman and she visited the graves. So choose one, which one is it? So you see that there is a contradiction over here. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, we in the school of Ahlul Bayt do not have any prohibition on women from going to the cemetery. Yes, our scholars have said at the moment when they are burying the deceased, it's better for women and his close family not to be there. Why? Because it's a very emotionally painful moment. You know, having a mother seeing her son going into the grave is not easy. Any mother could break down. So Islam says, don't put them in a position like that. It's better not for them to not see the actual burial. But for them to go on the grave is highly mustahab. A mother wants to go on her son's grave. Pray for him. She remembers the akhirah. That's highly recommended. So in the school of Ahlul Bayt, we don't have such prohibition. It's only in other schools of thought that they prohibit women from visiting the graves. But many Shia are under the impression that women cannot go to these cemeteries. How do I know? People's questions. Many people in the community, they constantly ask me, Sayyid, why can't women go to the cemetery? I really want to go to the cemetery. I tell them, who told you you can't go to the cemetery? This is not our fiqh. Yes, she has in our community because they've heard that from other schools of thought. They think all Muslims say that. So I tell them, no. This is uh, disputed by the schools of thought. Other schools of thought do say that. But we, the Shia school of thought, based on the teachings of our Imam, we don't say that it's haram for women to go to the cemetery. You can go to the cemetery, that's fine. Yes. This is a Western custom where they bring the casket and the janazah and you see it open and usually they put them in a suit, right? Now, we have kefen procedures to be observed. Not everything can be put on the deceased. This act of displaying the deceased is not haram. So the maraja don't say that this act is haram. But some would say that this is makruh. You know, people coming, seeing the face of the deceased, it could be hatk. It could be disrespectful to the deceased. Because when, I, when you're dead and you're in that state, you know, where people see you die as dead, maybe you're not, would you, would you accept that for yourself for everyone to pass by and see your dead body? Right, so maybe, maybe this could be seen as a little bit disrespectful to the dead. If it's hatk, if it's disrespectful, it's haram. Because we cannot disrespect a mu'min, a believer who passed away. Now here in the US, I guess people don't see it that way. I don't know, if maybe some people do see it as disrespectful. But I think people who grew up here don't see it as disres disrespectful. Therefore, it's not haram. So what about delaying the barrier because they want to like do the slavery? It's makruh. It's makruh. We have hadiths that tell us expedite the burial. Make sure that you bury them as fast as you can. Don't delay the burial. So delaying the burial is makruh and it could cause inconvenience to the soul. We don't know. But it's not haram. Mm. Yes. Uh, here we went to Masjid uh, Aza. Lady, she was Christian and converted to Islam. She married a Muslim 
and I'm, uh, her sister uh, passed away, her sister stayed as sister. And after that, we read like Surat al-Fatiha and Majlis, and there was a big discussion. People said, no, she's American, she's not Muslim. Why do you, did you read Surat al-Fatiha? So what about this? Our scholars have said, when a non-Muslim person passes away, like a Christian from Ahlul Kitab, we can ask Allah to give them mercy and rahmah. Allahumma irham fulana, irham fulana, have mercy on so and so. We can say that because Allah's mercy is unlimited and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can have mercy on non-Muslims. That's okay. However, our scholars tell us that Surah Al-Fatiha specifically is only read for a Muslim who believes in the Qur'an. Because when you're reciting Surah Al-Fatiha on someone who did not believe in the Qur'an, doesn't believe this is the Word of God, then how are you gifting their soul something which they rejected? It doesn't make sense, right? Someone never believed in Surah Al-Fatiha. So how are you gifting to them Surah Al-Fatiha? That's why our scholars say Fatiha is only for Muslim, yes. But ask Allah to have mercy on them. That's okay. But reciting the Quran and gifting the Quran to them, that should only be done for Muslims. Only for people who recognize this book, they respected this book. Because non-Muslims, they reject the Quran. When you ask them, you know, is this the final word of God? No, it isn't. That means they're falsifying the Quran. They're rejecting. You al Quran. Basically, they're saying, no, this is not the book of Allah. Because if it is, why don't you follow it then? See, they don't recognize this that the book of Allah. So how do you gift the Quran to someone who rejected the Quran and doesn't even believe it is the word of God? It's, it's problematic. That's why, yes, our ulama say, Surah Al-Fatiha, keep it only for Muslims. But you can ask Rahmah for non-Muslims. That's okay. Yes. Okay, so here's the follow-up question. We tell her that this Quran, do you believe it's the word of God? Okay, it's the word of God. The same Quran says, Prophet Muhammad, he's for everyone. So do you accept this verse or no? She says as a prophet, he is for everybody, but not as a... But the Quran invites Christians to become Muslim. So here's the dilemma. So we tell a person like that, the Quran itself, if you accept that it is a, it is a work of God, the Quran says, this is the final religion, you have to accept it. So if she says, no, I'm not going to accept it, that means she falsified part of the Quran. So how do I gift her the Quran when she doesn't accept some parts of it? It's problematic, yeah. <laughs> Yes, we have verses and historical references that Prophet Isa السلام, his sharia was specifically for Bani Israel. His moral teachings, the belief in God, his moral teachings are for everyone. But the Sharia was only for, for Bani Israel. وَرَسُولًا إِلَىٰ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ أَنِّي قَدْ جِئْتُكُمْ بِآيَةٍ Yes. The Bible also yeah. confirms that. Yeah. Why you as an American follow him to not Bani Israel? 
Right. If someone gives you that objection, you can tell them that God sent Jesus to Palestine and the Bible and even the Quran states He sent them to the children of Israel. So why are you following them? Are you from the children of Israel? <laughs> you can say something like that if they tell you Prophet Muhammad is just for the Arab. The yes, the cheeks of the deceased have to be on dust on the ground. Therefore, just the cheek. Therefore, what they do when they have to bury, because I think there's a law in Michigan due to the water table being high, they have to bury them in a casket. They bring some turab, some dust, and they put it under the cheek. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. This would follow, this would observe the shara'i requirement. Uh, no, no, the whole body doesn't need to be on the dust. We just put some under the cheek. 